Howdy, folks, and welcome to the tailgate. For those of you just joining us, we're on a road trip across America to uncover the mysteries behind tall tales, fairy tales, folk tales, fish tales, and urban legends, one interview at a time. We inherited a, tr- <clears throat> oh, shitty. We inherited a truck from our late Granny May and discovered that the crystal hanging off the rearview mirror was more than just decorative. It's a dowsing pendulum, leading us to the good folks behind the tales we all grew up with. With that, I'm Harrison, the Florida man. And I'm Aaron, the cheesehead. And tonight we are parked under the glow of a gorgeous full moon along the bayou in the outskirts of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where the humidity is almost as thick as the ladies. Eh, who am I kidding? The ladies here are still in better shape than we are, especially in the business end. Yeah, probably because their diet ain't primarily liquid bread and fried chicken. But before we get down to business, what are we drinking today, Cheesehead? Yeah, today we're drinking Voodoo American Pale Ale by Tin Roof Brewing Company, brewed right here in Baton Rouge. Largest brewery in town, too. <sighs> Tastes like an APA if ever one there was. Shame, though, because they have a retired Imperial Black Ale that I was really hoping to try. Well, now what's so special about that IBA? It was called Rougarou, named so after the legendary werewolves which haunts the bayous here in Louisiana. Also, the name of the bog boy we hope to learn more about tonight. Yeah, that's right. We met up with a nice fellow at the bar named Lou who overheard us trying to track down a werewolf and was kind enough to meet us here at midnight to give us the scoop. Exactly. So, here we are, parked as fuck, sipping on our beers and waiting for our man, Lou, to arrive. Uh, hold up, she said you here growling? Oh, of course I got my growler. Never leave the truck without it. No, growling. Good call, though. Mm-hmm. I got my growler here, too. You see them glowing peepers out there? I think that's our boy Lou. Huh? Oh, uh, yeah, hi there, Mr. Lou. Uh, you can come on out of the bushes. We don't bite. Hey, you the boys from the bar earlier. Absolutely. Florida man and cheesehead from the tailgate Uh podcast, don't you know? And we were hoping you'd be kind enough to join us for a little interview. Let me chew on it for a moment. (laughs) Sure, man. Uh, Whoa. Man, what big ears you have. My my ears? What, you think they're big? Oh, yeah, and what mighty large eyes you have. Uh, Shut up. Ladies are in the big eyes. I mean, wait, are, are ladies into big eyes? Yeah, you ever heard that boy? Ladies into big eyes? I don't know. I don't know about that, but damn, what a mighty big snout you got there. And now you're calling my nose big. Fuck you, bunch of assholes. I just made this a whole lot easier. What? Made what easier? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping Jesus, he's a werewolf. Yeah, I thought his features were big before. But that dude. God damn it, just ask me about my teeth already. Oh, 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 yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, mate, what large teeth you have. All better to eat you with. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Well, shit, she said. I ain't mean shoot him literally. Must say, though, 
Your aim is impeccable. Florida man, uh, that was not me. Then, uh, uh, just who the hell was it? It was I. Oh, <laughs> hey there, kiddo. Holy Rochamboli. There's a young woman in a red hoodie standing on the roof of our truck. <laughs> it ain't safe up there, little lady. Come on down. What my cousin means is a thank you for saving our lives. Yeah, did you shoot him good and dead? Dead? Why, of course not. I'm just taking him to live on a farm in the countryside. Ah, jeez, that sounds real swell. Oh, she's white lying, you man. Do my parents use that line on us a bunch of kids when our pets died? Man, that wolf ain't living on no farm. You do look a mite familiar, though, ma'am. Uh, Red Hood and whatnot. Just can't put my finger on it. My name is Red, founding member of the Little Red Sisterhood. Wowzers, what are you, a group of monster hunters? Something like that. Our trio fights against the supernatural evils which plague our world. Each of us sisters have our own specialties. Ooh, and I'm guessing yours is werewolves. Yes, the bad werewolves, anyway. Well, well, you implying there's such a thing as a good werewolf? That sounds bonkers. That sounds bonkers. No need to be rude. I myself am an agent of lycanthropy. Wait, 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 wait. So, so, so you're a werewolf? Usually takes one to kill one. How else do you think I snuck up on him like that? Or for that matter, the two of you? Yeah, okay, good point. But since you killed our original guests, would you care to join us for an interview? I mean, it's the least you could do. I just saved your life and you're guilt-tripping me? I suppose my evening did just clear up, so I have a little time to spare. I can't give you too much of my time, though. Bodies like his need to be properly disposed of. Oh, you eat your own kind? Ew. Okay, first off, I can't ingest anything infected by silver, which my bullets most certainly are. Second, that's cannibalism. Ew. Ew. And third, the girls and I usually stick to good old-fashioned incineration. You know, if it isn't broke. Yeah, yeah, I noticed you said the girls and not, not your pack. I mean, don't, don't wolves run in packs? Some do. I happen to be a lone wolf. Well, but you said you had a family. Yeah, the, the little red sisters, or sisterhood of yours. Yeah. Whatever they're called. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Though I prefer the name Red, I'm perhaps more commonly known as Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> Call me that and I'll kill you. I was bitten by a werewolf at a very young age and have used these centuries of immortal living, honing my skills for the greater good. Okay, so you're not here to kill us. That's a relief. Unless you ask that question again. (laughs) I will not. Often in my company is Greta, the witch hunter, and a white witch herself. She's an immortal like me. Perhaps a little more than that. Inquire further and I'll kill you. Okay. Oh, God. And finally, Vanessa Helsing... Vampire hunter extraordinaire who is an immortal vampire herself. Uh, no, not at all, actually. Oh. And it's super rude to interrupt me in the middle of speaking. Or is that Are how you, you gonna... treat all of your guests? After, actually, my apologies. Yeah, yeah you're right. Accepted. Yeah, she, now, to correct your little misstatement, no, Vanessa is not a vampire, nor is she even immortal. Yeah, it kind of seems off brand. I mean, you're immortal, Greta's immortal. Why don't you just turn full vampire and live forever as a badass vampire slayer like you and Greta are to werewolves and witches respectively? Because Greta and I retained humanity and our true forms far more than we shapeshifted. For Vanessa Helsing, becoming a vampire is something she can't turn off. She would be restricted to a diet of warm, fresh blood for the rest of her days. Hard to be a hero with that kind of appetite. Gotcha. Not to mention she would be rendered useless in the daylight hours. 
Oh, true. Uh, so, where exactly are the other two ladies of the Little Red Sisterhood? Well, Greta is at a convention. I would be in attendance with her, but the event is strictly for witches and wizards. Anyone else would be hexed or turned into confections on site. Tasty. I mean, yaks. Uh, uh, and Miss Helsing? Where, where is she at? Vanessa. Oh. And she is on maternity leave for the time being. Oh. Van just had her second child. Yeah, two kids, huh? To keep the vampire slaying genes going. The Helsings always strive for two children. An heir and a spare. In her case, little Han and Juan Helsing. Cute pups. <laughs> Aw, noticing a trend there. You got any little scamps of your own? Me? <laughs> no. Lord, no. Any particular reason? Wow, you're really coming at me with that. Okay, just imagine for a moment I'm pregnant and a werewolf. Sure, but little wolf babies would be cute, though. Ain't you ever seen the anime movie Wolf Children? I did, in fact. It was beautiful and made me cry. But what do children being cute have to do with my personal life choices? Newsflash. Wolves, on average, are giving birth four to six pups a litter, to which I say fuck that. Damn. Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. Think you'll ever have a change of heart, though? Do strangers usually question you about what decisions you make with your bodies? Oh, nope. Well, you know, uh, I no. can't pee on the seat at home. That kind of counts. Or constantly Ooh, harass you about zombie. having children or judge you for not wanting any? Uh, uh, no. Nope. Well, after centuries of dealing with human patriarchies and literal alpha males, let me tell you that it gets old and it's invasive as fuck. So ask a woman that again and- You'll kill me. Duly noted. And again- my sincere apologies, again. Yeah, 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 shit. We get, we get more woke every day, especially with uh, gun, oh, I'm, gun point I'm not done yet. Oh. oh. One thing a lot of men tend to forget about reproduction is that a woman's window for having children is limited. I was born in the 11th century, so you can do the math. <laughs> eh, pardon, but, you know, math ain't really my subject. Neither are manners. Yeah, touche. Ouch. Hey, before we shove our foot any deeper in our mouth... How about you tell us a little bit about your own story, the tale of Little Red Riding Hood? Sure. Let's get this out of the way. The earliest variant of my story put to ink was Le Petit Chaperon Rouge by French author Charles Perrault in his 1697 anthology, Histoire au Con du Temps Passé. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, let's just pretend for a second that uh, we don't have a clue what any of that means. Yeah, yeah. It just sounds like you kind of listed a bunch of fancy wines. Ooh. <sighs> Le Petit Chaperon Rouge. Yes. Little Red Riding Hood. Oh. Histoire ou con du temps passé. Stories or tales of the past. In other words, fairy tales, fables, a proto-mother goose, for lack of better term. Ah, so that's the earliest version of your tale. No. My story has been drilling stranger danger into the terrified minds of children for centuries. Charles Perrault was simply the earliest known author to have published it. So you're French? I know French. I know some French, too. I swear, if you're about to say curse words or sing Lady Marmalade, I will most certainly kill you. Oh, well, Aaron, it's been good knowing you. Uh, good luck with that mummy's curse. Bye. Can't wait. Oh, mon Dieu. I never said I was French. I said I spoke French. I did live in France for a long spell now, as it was my primary base of operations. Now I travel the world on the hunt for predators, just like the one you encountered. Sure, but you said the first version of your story was French, at least. What I actually said was that a French author was first to put my story to the pen, only with certain liberties. (laughs) What kind of liberties? Well, I'm not French, for one. 
My story actually dates back to 11th century Belgium. I wasn't wearing a red hood, but a red baptism tunic. There was a wolf, though, so he got that part right, at least. So, what we know about you from these stories aren't accurate. Is that what you're saying? All in all, my story has evolved over the centuries and is a tale told worldwide. But for all of its embellishments, most versions are more or less accurate at their core. Okay. Well, I heard that the story of Little Red Riding Hood may have its origins in Asia. So, is that not true then? It is and it isn't. Fact is, there are more than 58 known versions of my fairy tale, and all of them include a young female protagonist facing a big bad creature. Only sometimes that creature is a big cat, other times it's an ogre. Ah, dang, I know you knew Shrek. Yep. Well, all them creatures, did they cross-dress as grannies too? Or is that just your case? <laughs> no, no, not all of them. The story The Wolf and the Kids, for instance, has a misleading title. It's about a wolf impersonating a mother goat to trick her kids into becoming her dinner. Got some serious Three Little Pigs and Billy Goats gruff vibes. Yeah, but with like literal kids in it. That kind of sounds more like The Wolf and the Seven Kids by the Brothers Grimm. Yes, that's because the brothers basically just rewrote The Wolf and the Kids. The Grimm version of my actual tale, or at least the closest to it, is called Little Red Cap. It has everything Mother Goose taught you besides the infamous line, My, what big teeth you have. So, let's recap the story for our listeners real quick. Little Red Riding Hood, or Little Red Cap, was sent by her mother to check in on her grandmother who lived across the forest. Red was given a basket of goodies to drop off and was warned, Go straight to Grandma's house. Don't dawdle along the way and please don't talk to strangers. The woods are dangerous. I promised her I'd be careful, but alas, I spotted some gorgeous flowers along the hike, and I couldn't help myself. And then the wolf peered beside her and asked in his friendliest voice, Damn, what you doing out here, girl? I'm on my way to see my grandma who lives through this forest. She's in a cottage by the brook. I noticed how late it was getting and excused myself from the wolf, wanting to make it to grandma's house before sundown. Ah, but the cunning wolf took a shortcut to Grandma's house and knocked on the door. Assuming it was her granddaughter, Grandma invited the wolf in, only to be wolfed down by the mean old beast in one huge gulp. I arrived at the house taken aback by the grotesque, bloated shape of Grandma. I asked, Grandma, are you okay? You look ill. Ill as fuck. No, okay. Oh, Granny's got a cold. You know how it is. But, Grandma, what big ears you have. Well, better to hear you with. But, Grandma, what big eyes you have. Better to see you with, baby girl. Baby girl? <sighs> but, Grandmother, what big teeth you have. Well, the better to eat you with, my dear. He swallowed Little Red Riding Hood whole, just as he did her grandma. Only Little Red didn't go down without a fight. She punched and kicked and screamed, which actually was part of the wolf's plan to lure in the next victim. Only my screams were heard by a nearby axeman instead. As the axeman neared the cottage, the wolf tried to retreat, but alas, his belly was too big. The woodsman sliced the wolf open and freed Grandma and me. Moral of the story, kids? Always carry an axe. No. Moral of the story was for kids to stay on the right path and not talk to strangers. Alright, so... You were eaten alive by what was presumably a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what turned you. 
Yes. Problem was, the wolf's sharp teeth snagged a chunk of my leg as I was swallowed, unwittingly turning me into the latest lycanthrope by the light of the next full moon. Lycanthrope, huh? That mean the same as like a, a traditional werewolf, or, or is there some difference between terms? Oh, we have many titles that mean more or less the same thing. Some are more scientifically grounded, others are in layman's terms, while others are very regional, such as our title here in Louisiana. And what's that one? The Cajun term, Rougarou and Lugarou, are most often associated with werewolves of the bayou. The Navajo called us Mycob. We are also known simply as werewolves, lycanthropes, lichens, shapeshifters, wolfmen, dogmen, poppy people, hombre lobo, and big bad wolves. But Okay, well, weren't the Viking berserkers, uh, weren't they werewolves too? Well, the Ophidnar are the Viking warriors you're talking about. They were berserkers who wore dark-dyed wolf pelts to envelop themselves in the spirit of the animal. Though though they may have believed their spirits were united with that of wolves, the Vikings themselves never took on any physical attributes, as far as I know. Where'd the whole idea, though, of like the big bad wolves come from? The first example of human transformations into wolves dates back to the Epic of Gilgamesh around 2100 BC, if you want to get technical. But I couldn't consider this a classic case of lycanthropy. Well, I know, I know, I know Romulus and Remus, they, they were wolf kids, yeah? Uh, dating back to ancient Rome? Getting warmer, the Arcadia region of ancient Greece worshipped a unique form of Zeus, the mightiest of their pantheon. They called him Lycaean Zeus meaning Wolf Zeus. Oh, a bearded werewolf with the power to lightning bend sounds as cool as it does terrifying. Sounds kind of more like a villain from Nickelodeon's Avatar. You know, the one without the blue people. Oh, yeah, that one by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, God, no. It was believed by Plato and Socrates <laughs> that a protector of Lycaon Zeus's shrine had a taste of human entrails and became an evil wolf beast as a result. Ew. Why would they even have entrails to begin with? I mean, I guess he was a glorified security guard of Zeus's shrine, so is probably the remains of fallen trespassers, am I right? You are not. There is written evidence suggesting that cult members of this wolf god minced human flesh into their sacrificial meat to Zeus. The protector of the shrine was just too tempted for a taste of it. After all, it was good enough for Zeus. Then it's good enough for me. And boom, the curse was born. Possibly. Boom. Another story goes that a group of brothers were set on luring Zeus to Earth by a plate of subpar offerings. The cause to their effects were to have all but one of the brothers slain by lightning. Woof. Harsh. Not as harsh as what happened to the boy who lived. Zeus painfully transformed the brother's body into a wolf-man hybrid in what many believe to be the first real case of lycanthropy, at least as it's known in modern times. Well, then who the heck is Romulus and Remus? Well, they're the fellas who founded Rome, right? Uh, uh, twins, I think. They were twins, and they were involved in the myth of Rome's conception. However, their story was first told prior to Rome. It was more or less adopted into a foundation myth where a woman named Rhea Silvia gave birth to twin sons despite a vow of chastity placed upon by her father, the king. Well, now that sounds like a certain king is paranoid about having replacements like that that like like uh Vanessa Helsing's heir in a spare. He's like the opposite of her. Correct? Yeah. Sort of. But they were no ordinary boys. No, they were fathered by none other than the god of war, Mars. 
Woof, at least until Kratos shows up. Okay. <laughs> Just me? Okay. The king found the twins and had them placed into a river to drown, only they floated downstream towards the sacred fig tree where they were nurtured and raised by a she-wolf. Exactly. And a woodpecker. Wait, what? And a woodpecker. That's the part of the story that often gets omitted, but it makes sense. Both are sacred animals to Mars. <laughs> What's my really woodpecker impression? Okay, whatever. Woodpecker, if you say so. So eventually, herdsmen find the two wolfpecker demigods, and boom! Rome was built. Boom, 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 boom. Rome wasn't built in a day, and there is a whole lot more to this story, but I won't divulge. Time is precious, and I am afraid I have wasted quite enough here. Oh, we got so much more to unpack here, though. You are, so far, the only werewolf we've come across. Not, not true. (laughs) I'm not quite dead yet. Oh, hey. Hey there, Lou. You you still with us down there, buddy? (laughs) Yeah, but I wish I wasn't. Silver Buckshot is still radiating on the hole that pain through... Through my whole body. On top of that, I find all of this, whatever it is you're doing, rather boring. Hey. <laughs> you're, you're the infamous Red Riding Hood, right? Sure am. <laughs> what? I just thought you'd have better aim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for putting me out of my misery. Asshole. They put us out of our misery, too. So the media has shown several different forms of werewolves over the centuries. Eh, what What kind of forms do you take? Yeah, like, do you have to be on all fours, or can you whack like people do? Huh. Actually, this is a very good question. See, when you're first bit, you heal up rapidly, but nothing else happens until the next full moon. Wait, what happens under a full moon? Have you ever seen American Werewolf in London? Yeah, but that was under a that was under a bad moon. You know, I see a, I see a, he saw a bad moon rising. No, 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 of course. That's what actually one of my favorite horror films. Oh, that transformation is top notch and created by master of creature effects and design Rick Baker. Yes, almost makes me think he consulted an actual werewolf on that one. Anyway, it's basically like that. You're doing fine, feeling great, and suddenly you feel like you're on the surface of the sun. Boom! You start burning up. Your bones pop and snap. Your skin stretches like pizza dough. Itchy as hell, let me tell you. And finally, you sprout hair from every corner of your body. Just like puberty. Sounds horrifying. Also just like puberty. The worst part is feeling your coccyx bone elongate into a waggable tail while your nose dampens and ears stretch above your head into the shape of arrows. Because it's painful? Not even. It's because you're suddenly punched with senses you've never felt before. Humans rely so much on sight. To have that suddenly dulled while sound and scent burst through your perception like heated kernels, ugh. Ah, jeez, I never even considered the toll it would take on you to suddenly take on a whole new set of sensory receptors. Yeah, I still get PTSD over it sometimes. I, I don't got no STDs yet, but damn, no wonder werewolves are so ornery. And hey, imagine imagine if you weren't slammed to your new senses. Then you'd be an unaware wolf. Huh? 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 <sighs> an unaware wolf. Ugh. 
You begin on all fours with an insatiable hunger, and that's what you follow. Your hunger. You can't help it. You must hunt. You must feed. What, is that part of the curse then? Uh, you know, all the bloodlust? No. It's more like you're a wolf now, and you're trying to find something immediately comforting. Food. And to answer your question, when you are new to lycanthropy, you are basically learning to walk again. When you're a wolf, you're stuck on all fours. Yeah, our buddy Lou over there was on all fours when he transformed. Yep, before you killed him anyway, so he must have been pretty new or no? More than likely. Honestly, I have no idea how long this particular Lou fellow has been a lycanthrope. Since last April. Uh, uh, April 15th to be precise. It all happened during my 36th birthday party. Oh, hey, Lou. <laughs> oh, for real this time. Bye-bye. Uh, where were we? Where were wolves? Uh, oh, where new werewolves are stuck on all fours and in a mindset of complete confusion, displacement, and a craving for meat, preferably alive. Over time, in my case, several millennia, you start to become more aware and accepting of your curse. Yeah, man, uh, you gotta love yourself who you are. I mean, you can't help the cards you're dealt, but it's on you how you handle it. Exactly. You can even learn to harness your ability, full moon be damned. You learn to transform when you want to transform, and the more you learn to adapt your abilities, the more you can mold them into your own. You can reposture yourself, walk bipedal, even hold objects. Well, while there ain't no doubt that, that real werewolves are obviously lurking among us for centuries like you, uh, we, can't, can't all the demonizing stories be true though, right? What, what do you reckon some of the culprits are behind the, the wrongly accused? You know, the misinterpretations. The innocent oh, people. That Yeah, that's a great question. We can start with a very obvious, well, at least to me, being an 11th century country girl. For most of humanity's time on Earth, farming, herding, and hunting was the way of life for the lower class. Oh, no doubt wolves would be a huge problem for shepherds, farmers, and what have you. And even if your occupation lay elsewhere, most affordable land was often out of the kingdom proper, right? Right. Our livelihoods were on the line each and every day, and wolves were the absolute highest threats. More than bears? Wolves work in packs to separate and disorganize our herds and flocks, which makes them far more threatening than the more solitary canines like coyotes and foxes. Pack hunting made them even more formidable to us than bears. I worked on a farm up the road as a kid. And, uh, you know, we always had trouble with foxes and coyotes. I can't imagine a pack of them, though, much less a pack of wolves. Damn. Yeah. Wolves would terrorize our coops and pens unlike any other beasts. Dig up and soil our crops, not to mention the threat of rabies they carried. Damn. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is many of the stories of big bad wolves are almost like propaganda against your greatest natural foe, the wolf. They were the greatest foe to our livelihood. Not so much on a personal basis. Honestly, wolves are extremely timid when it comes to encountering people. Like I was with girls. Hey, still, I wouldn't want any wolves near my house, timid or not. Let's be clear. Wolves are innocent and just trying to live the same as we are. We are the ones on their turf. Hard to blame animals for being animals. But you still had to do what you had to do for the survival of yourself and your family, so you can't really blame yourself either. And I don't. So, so it's pretty understandable why so many wolves were antagonists in early fables, myths, and folklore. But 
What about like the actual human transformations, you know, not just wolves, but werewolves. Uh, the idea of people morphing into canine form and, you know, that, I mean, that had to come from somewhere. Well, catching rabies from a wolf or any wild creature is an assault on the central nervous system. It would cause anyone affected to hallucinate, salivate, and even instill a fear of water. All were believed to be a part of the transformation into wolfmen. Ay-chihuahua. Poor people just needed a vaccine. Can, can you imagine a, a were-chihuahua? I truly would not like to. I feel like it actually just kind of looked like, like Ren and Stimpy. Like Ren from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what he was, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, a vaccine. They just needed a vaccine. You just need a vaccine. Vaccine. Back then, the vaccine was death. No way around it. Oh, woof. And speaking of woof, I'd imagine that hypertrichosis languinosa would raise a few eyebrows as well upon any poor person born with this affliction. What the fuck is that? You, you mind explaining what hypertrichondria or whatever that fucking shit was to our audience? I mean, for their sake, of course. I'd fucking know. I know definitely what that is. I'm a biologist, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Of course. Of course we both know what hypertrichosis languinosa is. 100%. See, it's, it, today it's almost a claim to fame. The wolf boy and the dog man. They found success through the circus, sideshows, and even Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's a disease that causes extreme hair growth, covering most of the body's surface area. You essentially look like Lon Chaney Jr. from Universal's 1941 horror classic, The Wolfman. He's right. Ironically, silver of all mediums has historically been used to treat these ailments, not punish them. Now, did hysteria ever play a role in werewolf accusations like they did in the Salem witch trials? You know, one person has a problem with another, thinks something suspicious, claims they're a witch, or in this case a wolf, and a poor sap burns for it? This did happen sometimes, but there is another culprit associated with lycanthropy that is often overlooked, though it has found more of a spotlight in modern psychology circles, that being clinical lycanthropy. <laughs> what, what the flip and flop is clinical lycanthropy? Is it like a, like a walk-in clinic for puppy people? No, it describes people who undergo a delusion-induced metamorphosis into other animal species. They growl, scratch, become quadrupedal, the works. Damn, the mind's a powerful, terrifying thing. Dr. Jan Dirkblom found that since 1850, 56 cases of this phenomenon have been found. 13 of these cases involved human-to-wolf transformation specifically. Ufta, and on top of all this, there are legit werewolves prowling the wilderness and towns to look out for as well. Oh, there are where lots of things. Bears, sharks, even gators. Whoa! You, you know any personally? Man, I'd love to get bit by a were-gator. Man, once I learned to walk on two legs again, I'd be a straight-up dinosaur like, like, like Yoshi. They call me the, the, the thoracic man. Oh, 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 and I could be a were-badger. Yeah. Well, move on over, Bucky. Fuck There's you, a new Bucky. bipedal badger in town. Honestly, though, I can't do a headstand to save my life. Gonna have to work on that one. In all honesty, you both would likely get yourselves killed before you fully learn to control your powers, Whoa. either by townsfolk hmm. or me. Oh, you kill us? Yeah, I would. No, oh, yikes. Um, okay, what's the strangest case of the wares that you ever encountered? I met a muted boy named Will, who I nicknamed Will Wolf. <laughs> well, that sounds cute. A little wolf on Wall Street. He was very cute and very sweet. I have him tagged, and I still visit him from time to time. Tagged? Oh, you, you, you tag him like, like on Instagram, or is he like an old flame of yours, like an old werewolf flame? 
<sighs> Not really the tree I bark up. Oh, 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 yeah, right, right, you, Greta. I mean, I'm going to ask no more, because you'll kill me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Seems I can teach an old dog new tricks. Bark, bark. All right, so you said you met Will as a boy. What's so special about him? Will Wolf was born a regular wolf. As a pup, he wandered too far from his den as his mother slept, just as a de-transforming werewolf crossed his path. Descending back into human form, though still feeling the insatiable hunger of beast mode, the werewolf bit poor little Will. Only the wound he endured wasn't fatal. Whoa, whoa. So, let me get this straight. So, Will, Will Wolf is a wolf who was bit by a werewolf to become a werehuman? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, that's not confusing at all. I'll be gosh darn. So... Okay, so we've talked about your past and the origins of Little Red Riding Hood. You enlightened us on the history of werewolves and discussed afflictions of those wrongfully accused of lycanthropy. But one thing I would like to delve into before we go is your role in pop culture. Okay, sure. Yes, werewolves have been presented in script, on stage, film, and games. Do you have any Favorites or least favorites? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said you said American Werewolf in London. That was pretty spot on for the transformation. Well, how about the wolf himself? Uh, how how had that that design shape up in terms of accuracy? He acts about right for a brand new werewolf, but his form was very broad and squat, more like the dimensions of a bulldog than a wolf. Really, wolves are pretty lean, small-chested creatures built for speed, not power. Jacob from Twilight is closer to our initial form. It pains me to say. Just a big old hungry wolf with an appetite. Yeah, Team Jacob. Uh-huh. Team Jacob. And what about the bipedal form? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always imagine like a fully matured werewolves would look more like the, the one in the cabin in the woods or, or the movie Dog Soldiers. Cabin in the woods is pretty accurate. Both are, really. Upright, pointed ears, very, very quick and powerful. Those were a bit more bloodthirsty than one might be by the time they become a biped, though. Unless they're just being an ass, which is pretty common. Hence my job. <laughs> and hence uh, uh, Lil Lou over there. So, best werewolf fight in your opinion? Oh. Love, Death, and Robots, most definitely. Anyone who hasn't seen that clip, it's on Netflix. Check it out. And favorite werewolf movie? Easy. Ginger Snaps. It's a coming-of-age story dealing with the physical and hormonal hardships every teenage girl has to face disguised as a werewolf film. The effects are great as well. Ginger can be a real bitch, but it's hard not to identify with what she's going through. And worst werewolf. (laughs) Easy. Harry Potter. The movie version, anyway. I mean, what even was that? Yeah, right? He looked like Gollum with that mangy, emaciated frame and his awkward hunchback. The Lycans and Underworld were pretty ridiculous as well. I do like how they could transform at will and held on to their human consciousness, though. They weren't just monsters, you know? But the idea of a werewolf-vampire hybrid is ridiculous. In fact, this recurring theme of werewolves versus vampires is also ridiculous. Huh? What's so ridiculous about it? They both share a similar food supply, but ingesting too much of each other's blood is deadly. Wolves wouldn't want to bite a vampire, and vampires surely would never suck out blood from a werewolf. Well, yeah, plus, I'd imagine y'all could potentially kill each other, and for what? I mean, extremely high risk for a little to no reward, you ask me. I mean, I don't know, is, is it political or something? I, mean, I know in the book series, The Dresden Files, the vampire courts are split up into three. The red court, the black court, and the white court. And uh, they were pretty political in their affairs, but the werewolves, eh, not so much. More just kind of gifts of nature, really. Hmm, 
Is that series any good? I like it. Uh, not perfect. Definitely has some bits I didn't care for, but it's a fun series overall. Honestly, though, the book with the werewolves in it the most is called Full Moon. It's by far the worst of them, in my opinion. Uh, it's just kind of convoluted compared to the other books. It was the first sequel, though, so the books definitely gained traction thereafter. Check it out. Well then, maybe I will check them out. I have a lot of downtime during the hunt. Hurry up and wait, you know? Plus, it'd be easy to read because it'll be in black and white. Because you're, you know, a wolf. Yeah, dogs? No, I don't know. I don't know if that's easy to see. I do know that both of us hunt as well. She's had not. Yeah, but Florida man is heavier on the guns. Blah, blah. I'm more into bows. I respect that. Both are powerful tools if you know how to use them. That is uh, very true. Uh, well, reckon, reckon she said we ought to get back to our room before it gets too late. Uh, we got to do some editing and whatnot. But we learned a lot tonight. Uh, thank you so much for sticking around with us, Little Red, and uh, you know their tailgaters, and just shooting the shit with us. It's been fun. Yeah, it was awfully kind of you to hang out with us. You think maybe we could keep in touch? Sure, why not? The girls would get a real kick out of you, too. Vanessa loves your style of humor, and Greta, well, she literally likes to kick things. Oh, Vanessa likes our type of humor? Sure, lowbrow comedy really cracks her up. No, no, yeah, I like the, the two broke girls podcast. Here's our card if you should ever find yourself in need of our assistance, though next time it won't be free. <laughs> well, hopefully by then we'll actually have money. Goodbye now, Red. Yeah, yeah, see you, Red. See you around. Au revoir. Oh, and thank you guys for joining us here on the tailgate. For any art questions or stories of your own, if you got anywhere with stories, shoot us an email at tailgatepodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at thetailgatepodcast for photos, cast info, updates, and more. Yep, be sure to tune in every two weeks for our next interview and listen to our dashboard chats, the mini-episodes which we record on the road during the weeks in between. Until then, see you later, Gators. Ooh. Wow, there they go. <laughs> well, don't you worry about old Lou Nunn. Buckshot demissed every vital organ. <laughs> Guess I'll just hang out here, slowly die. <laughs> Who there? I see you approaching from the woods. Is that a is that a witch's hat? I see. Looks like someone's been a bad boy. Who are you? What you want? Me? Oh, I'm just a simple witch in the woods. And what you want with me? Just let me die in peace. I think I brought the right herbs to absorb most of the silver coursing through your veins. You might even recover if I act quick enough. Uh, recover? <laughs> now, what would you require in return? Oh, just a favor. When the time is right. <laughs> Deal. What? <laughs> huh? I can't believe I just drove off without my mic like that. No, it's all good, man. We got it now. It's all that matters. 
Let's get back to drinking. Hey. Hey, wait a second. Where did Lou go? His body's missing. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, well, you know what? Red said she's taking him out for incineration, remember? Well, yeah, but Red totally left without him. Oh, fool! I was in such a hurry to get rid of you two that I forgot to collect the bounty. No, 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 no! Where's the body? Right here. Oh, yeah, Lou? Oh, no, we thought you took it. Oh, oh hey, hey, looky here! A second set of footprints next to where his body laid. Oh, they're going that way! Zut alors. Looks like I'm back on the hunt. You two have my card, right? Oh, you betcha. You just go on, then. Leave me to this. Contact me if anything follows you. Well, uh, I hope it doesn't. What do we do in the meantime? Just play your little exit song. Thank you for joining us for our mid-season finale of the Tailgate Podcast. Little Red Riding Hood was performed by Melissa Fallon. You can check her out on YouTube by searching Melissa Fallon, that's F-A-L-L-I-N, or on Instagram at Melissa Fallon. Aaron the Cheesehead is performed by Aaron Sherry. You can find him on Instagram at Aaron Unabridged, or on YouTube at So Can You! Exclamation point. Harrison the Florida Man is played by Harrison Foreman. Tailgate theme song is performed by Matt Jones. This episode was written and edited by Harrison Foreman.